I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. Now, you might be wondering, why is this a bonus episode, Veronica? It's Thursday, and that's because it's the fifth Thursday of the month, and I typically don't release episodes on the fifth Thursday. My schedule, in case you forgot or in case you're new here, is the first and third Thursdays of the month. You can expect to hear an episode where I'm coaching someone. They might be a client or a member of this community, and I bring them onto the show. They ask a question, and then I coach them on it. And on the second episode of the month, I usually do a solo episode where I'm teaching on a particular topic. And the fourth episode of the month is usually a guest expert episode, although sometimes it might also be a solo episode. So the fifth Thursdays are typically my off week. However, because we're in the middle of bachelor season, and I really haven't commented too much on Instagram and haven't said anything about it on my podcast so far, I thought it'd be fun to just do a little recap of the last four episodes, or I say the first four episodes of the season so far. Now, if you remember from Bachelor in Paradise over the summer, I recapped every single week, and it was tons of fun, but it just takes a lot of time. And with the moving from California over to Philadelphia, I just simply didn't have the time. And honestly, there's just a lot less to say about each episode on The Bachelor. I think it's just because there's just one main lead. And then obviously, he has various relationships. But it just feels like there's a lot more going on, especially with relationship dynamics when it's Bachelor in Paradise, and there's lots of men, lots of women. I just think it's more interesting, honestly. And I think Bachelor in Paradise has quickly been everyone's favorite. And we all just watch The Bachelor and and Bachelorette so that we can watch Bachelor in Paradise and enjoy it more. But we are in Sweetie Petey's season. So here we are. 
So in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit what I think about Pilot Pete as our bachelor. And many of you might remember if you listened to my Bachelor in Paradise recaps that I was really rooting for Mike, I think would have been a huge opportunity for the franchise. I think also that Mike just had, I mean, I I don't want to just say, oh, because he was older, he was more mature, but I do think he's a little bit more mature than Pete. And Honestly, the first couple episodes of Pete, I actually was pretty impressed. But now with the third and fourth episode, I think that some of his immaturity and especially his immaturity when it comes to how he views love and relationships and has almost like this idyllic look at love because of his parents. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I think it's just beginning to come through and I think it's just beginning to unravel and fall apart around him. And he's just not really quite sure what to do. So yes, I was in the camp that was disappointed that Mike was not The Bachelor but I wasn't against Pete. I wasn't anti-Pete. I just think that it was a missed opportunity, but we have Pete. And honestly, I like him. But before we get into that, I want to get back to what I'm going to be talking about in the episode. So first, I'm going to talk about Pete. And then I'm going to talk about just three little things that I think are teachable moments, just like what I did in Bachelor in Paradise recaps. I did not get play-by-play recaps. There are plenty of other podcasts that do that. I don't need to do that here. Honestly, I think it's a little boring. So I'm just going to pull out some of the big themes and some of the big events that happen and talk about it and how it can apply to your love life. So even if you don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise or whatever, I think you still might be able to learn something. You might get a little bit bored when I'm talking about Sweetie Petey or Little Pilot Pete Bachelor, but hopefully you can still learn something. And if this episode is not for you because you're just not into The Bachelor, that's cool too. You're not upsetting or offending me. So you listen to what you need to listen to on my podcast. Okay. So with our dear sweet pilot, Pete, I honestly have never seen a bachelor that I think is quote unquote, there for the right reasons more than him. He has almost 2 million Instagram followers. And as far as I can tell, he hardly posts. He certainly doesn't post co-sponsored or sponsored content. Now, I don't know if he's under contract with ABC. There might be an amount of time as the show is airing that he's not allowed to do sponsorships. I don't really know, but it just seems like he's just not really going to use his now Instagram fame to then be like a millionaire Instagram influencer. As far as I know, he actually still has his job as a commercial pilot for Delta. And I read somewhere that he was actually seen just a couple days ago in the airport in his pilot outfit, presumably walking to his next flight. And I just think that's fascinating. Like his season is airing now. He could be flying around the country doing all these interviews and magazine covers. I guess it doesn't come until a little bit later, but he's back at his job. I just think it's really cool. And so to me, like that just makes it feel really genuine, really sincere that I really do believe that he wants to find love. I don't know if he has the right group of women. I don't know if he's on the right platform to do that. But I do think that the desire is very real, very true for him. And I think it runs really deep. So I really like him for all of that. And I think he's very sweet to the women, especially the first couple of episodes. He really seems to care. He remembers things. And he's not afraid to get emotional. And specifically, I really love the conversation that he had with Kelsey, when Kelsey shared about her dad leaving and walking out when she was 12 years old, and then didn't see him for the next 12 years. And then he shared about his mom and grandma immigrating from Cuba. And he got really emotional. I just thought it was a really sweet moment. And I think that he has an incredible ability to empathize. And I think 
anyone who he ends up with, I think will be very lucky. And I mean, hopefully he'll be lucky too, because she'll be awesome. But I think that he is a great catch for sure. He's also really my type physically. So I think he's super cute. I'm not always into the bachelor look, like the kind of look they go for with the guys, but I really do like his look. So I'm super into him in all of those ways. But herein lies the problem. So our sweetie Petey, he falls in love with everyone. And I think it's a great attribute, but I also think sometimes it can be your Achilles heel. And I often talk about with clients how sometimes our greatest strengths can also be our shadow sides. So for example, I think one of my greatest strengths is that I'm really good at putting a plan together and executing. And so that works really great for being a woman in business or just a person in business, really. I think it also works really great for me as a coach because I can help people see where they want to go and then I can help them create a plan to get there and it's fairly tangible and graspable. That's not really a word, but it's tangible and there's clear steps to follow and and makes sense to people and it's not all airy-fairy stuff. And I think that's one of my greatest strengths. However, the shadow side of that is sometimes I have a really hard time living in the present moment because I'm always planning for what's next. What's going to be next? Or what am I going to do next in my business? Or where are we going to live next? Or what's our next house going to be? Or next, 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 our next vacation or whatever. And I have a hard time just enjoying where I am and just really, really being there. So I think with Pilot Pete, I think that this really is going to continue to show up. And I think it's going to get even stronger as the season goes on. Because I think he just falls in love with every woman that he goes on a one on one date with. Like, I have no idea who the front runners are. Because after every one on one date, I'm like, oh, she's a front runner. Oh, she's a front runner. But then that makes it like half of them front runners. And so I don't know, it's really hard to tell. And I think the way that it's shooting him in the foot is that sometimes then he's just so not aware of what's going on around him. You know, I think the last cocktail party or the last rose ceremony that was to be continued. So we'll see what happens next week. I think that really, really showed the shadow side, the weakness. He was just in his own little world and was just really excited about the cocktail party and then the ensuing rose ceremony and just felt like he had a great week in Cleveland. And then he walks into basically just a total shitstorm, And all of the women are just so upset that he not only let Alea come back, but also gave him the rose after their football date. And I definitely understand why they'd be frustrated. I'd probably be really frustrated as well. But I think that he just sometimes has these love goggles on that he can't see, you know, just sometimes what loving everyone and giving everyone the benefit of the doubt can actually create some dissonance, which can create some distrust because people are like, or women are like, you know, what the hell is going on? And so I think one of my frustrations, I have a lot of frustrations with this season so far, I know I've just like talked all about this great stuff with Sweet Pete. But you know, one thing that I think is really frustrating is for me, I don't love watching all the drama. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. So I'm not going to get too much into it right now. I actually like watching the various relationships grow and develop. And maybe that's just because I'm a relationship coach. I don't know. And so for me, I'm just really frustrated that I'm not seeing these actual relationships grow the people that he actually has connections with like Kelly and Hannah Ann and Madison and maybe Kelsey. I mean, I guess we just saw her, but we can maybe see her more later. But there's all these other women too. Like Tammy is freaking awesome. She's like a goddamn rock star. 
And there's McKenna, who we haven't gotten a lot of. And she's been desperately wanting time with him and hasn't gotten any time with him because all of the cocktail parties, all of the group dates just ensued by this girl on girl drama, which I just cannot stand. And I get really frustrated. And so I'm super disappointed by you know, all the shit stirring, pot stirring, whatever people are calling it. And honestly, a lot of it is producer driven. And then, you know, the producers probably only have to do, you know, just put a little drop in the bucket because it's such a high strung environment where you have no access to the outside world, no phones, no internet, no TV, like there's just nothing. And so you don't have to do that much to start making people just completely begin to freak out. And so I think at this point, the producers aren't even really doing much to stir the pot. I think they've already done their work. And at this point, like the drama just keeps growing on itself because it's such a high, strung, stressed out environment. And so for me, that's super frustrating. And I hope that as the episodes go on, we really get to see the relationships blossom a little bit, so to speak. And I really want to get to know some of these women more. Like, I really don't care about Alea and Sydney and all that stupid drama. Like, I just don't care. I want to get to know some of the women who have potential to be those last few women, women who might end up being the next Bachelorette. Like, I want to be invested in who those people are because, If you're not, then I don't know. To me, like, that's just a bad branding, marketing decision. But who knows? What do I know? Because The Bachelor's been going on for a long time, and it's as popular as ever. So maybe they know exactly what they're doing. But as of now, I'm not much of a fan. Okay, so I want to pull out three big things that are going on in the last four episodes and hopefully give you some teachable moments. So the first thing that I want to talk about, and this came up a lot in the first episode when, you know, Peter kept just getting pulled by all the women at the cocktail party just to kind of like, hey, like, I'm for you. And I'm the right person and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of the women who came from these quote, unquote, perfect families, were really, really leaning into that and almost was at a point where they're leaning into that so much, it made me feel like that they thought that that made them more worthy or a better match for Sweet Pete. And I'm just watching this and I just think it's super, super, super gross. Now, if you guys have been watching The Bachelor and you watched Hannah's season last year, then you know that probably the big reason why Peter is The Bachelor is because America fell in love with his parents and really his family in general. And they really do seem like a very close-knit, sweet, loving family. You know, again, like it's still TV. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it does feel to me like it is a really good it would be a great family to marry into. Like it would be idyllic and wonderful in so many ways. However, I would be a little concerned about boundaries. But I mean, overall, definitely lots of love in that family. And I just want to make it super, super clear if you've been watching the show and maybe you feel a little crappy about this, that having parents who've been happily in love for years or whatever does not make you a better or worse potential partner. And the same thing goes for if you've had parents that have been divorced, and maybe it was a very clean divorce, maybe it was a very bitter divorce, maybe there was some acute trauma going on with the divorce, maybe there was some physical or emotional abuse, maybe there was some financial abuse, whatever your experience was growing up, that in no way makes you better or worse off for a future relationship in adulthood as an adult. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be different things that potentially 
come up for you that will create some blocks or limiting beliefs. But it really has little to do with the relationship that your parents had with each other. Now, again, I've talked a lot about, you know, on the podcast and in my book that I'm writing, I didn't come from, I mean, yes, my parents did get later on in life divorce, but I grew up with a pretty happy family in that sense. You know, there was no divorce, there was no acute trauma or anything, but I still held on to this belief because I got stuffed down my throat that it was just better to be skinny and I could get love and attention from looking a certain way and also getting certain grades in school and also performing well, like in band and music and my sports teams. And so I learned that that's how I get love. That's how I get attention. And so I played that out as an adult. And that had nothing to do with the fact that my parents were still together at the time when I was going through those formative years. So you can come from a very idyllic family. You can come from a super loving family and still get some sort of limiting belief baked into your head about what love is, about what it means to be in love, what it means to have a relationship, what the relationship men are supposed to have with women or how women are supposed to act or how men are supposed to act. All of that can get a little convoluted and all of that can get a little messed up just depending on what goes on in your childhood and what goes on in teaching. And in fact, one thing I would say about Sweetie PD is that I think part of his just being in love with everything and everyone, I think that's a direct influence from actually his parents' relationship. I think he puts his parents' relationship on a pedestal. And it's not to say they don't have a gorgeous, beautiful relationship, you know, where you'd say hashtag relationship goals or whatever. But I think that it's so much on a pedestal that he has no ability to discern who was right for me? What kind of relationship do I want? And so that's why there's this energy of him just falling in love with everyone and just not really seeing the kind of the bullshit that people are putting out there, especially people like Victoria F, right? Like she just seems so sketchy to me. I know there's a lot of drama and stuff that's going to come out about her later on in the season. I don't know it because I don't want to go to Reality Steve's website because I don't want spoilers. I mean, the only thing I do know is that she was modeling White Lives Matter t-shirt or clothing line. And so because of that, I just don't really have much respect for. I know there's other stuff that's going to come out. I don't know what it is. But to me, like, I don't even have to know that there's other stuff that's going to come out. There's just something odd about her. And I don't think that he's able to clearly see that because he's just so in love with the idea of love because of his parents' relationship being on the pedestal. And the other thing that can happen, I don't know if this is really playing out, although I'll know more as the season progresses, is a lot of times we can put our parents on a pedestal if we believe to be a perfect, beautiful relationship. And what ends up happening is we think our parents and their relationship is perfect and it's idyllic and that's exactly what we want. And so we go out into the world and we look for it and we look for something just like that. And you want to feel just like how you feel about your parents. The problem is, is that Your parents' relationship, no matter how wonderful and beautiful, it's not perfect. And a lot of times when we put other people's, especially our parents' relationships on a pedestal, we're then comparing our real life experiences, dating people and being in relationship with people, we're comparing that to perfection. And it's just an unfair comparison because no relationship is perfect. And I don't care how cute Sweetie Petey's parents look when they're on the television. They're not perfect. They have their shit. They have their stuff. Like everyone does. Nobody is free of that. And I'm not saying that Sweetie Petey is playing out that dynamic. Although as the relationships progress more and we get to know 
you know, who the deeper connections are going to be and who the front runners are. And as those relationships deepen, I think some of that might play out, but we'll just have to see how. But I definitely think that he's just so in love with the idea of love, which comes from his parents. And I just think that has completely convoluted his ability to discern and even to know what he wants, what he needs in his own life, because it may not be the exact same things that his parents wanted and needed in each other. So Okay, so that's the first thing that I want to just pull out that just really is a theme that seems to keep coming up over and over again, and it really, really, really irks me and rubs me the wrong way. The second thing is all of this girl-on-girl crime, this girl-on-girl drama. I think it's so gross. I think it's a shame. I think I don't know if it's because the cast in general is getting younger. I'm not really into age shaming and saying, oh, well, they're just really young. So they're immature because one of my all time favorite bachelor contestants is Becca Martinez. She has a podcast called Chatty Broads. I highly recommend it. She has some really great guests on and then she also does a recap. And she's actually blacklisted by the bachelor franchise. Like, Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants aren't allowed to go on her podcast for a certain amount of time to be interviewed because she, I think, is breach of contract and some of the secrets that she spills. And so obviously, I love listening to that because I love getting a behind the scenes scoop. So anyways, I, I digress. I really love her podcast. And, and one reason why I really liked her on the show and why I like her podcast is because I actually think she has a really quite mature, very conscious perspective of the world. And I don't really see that from a lot of the Bachelor, Bachelorette contestants. And she's like one of the youngest contestants ever. I think she was 22 when she went on to the show. And I mean, at the time, that was like way, way, way young. But now there's always a handful of 22, 23, maybe 24-year-olds. And honestly, some of the more immature behavior this season on The Bachelor is coming from Alea and, well, Kelsey with Champagne Gate, which is, was insane. I think she's 27, 28. I don't know how old the other women are, but I'm not really interested in saying, oh, well, they're just too young. It's more of just like the type of person that they are casting, I think. I want to pause real quick to tell you about my first ever virtual retreat, Shift Your Dating Patterns in a Weekend. For one weekend, we'll gather with women from around the world where I'll show you step by step by step how to not only understand your dating patterns, but I'll also teach you how to heal and do the inner work so you can see real change in your love life. If you have no idea why you're attracting who you attract, or you kind of have an idea and you know it relates to your childhood or parents in some way, but aren't really sure how to actually change it, Shift Your Dating Patterns in a Weekend is exactly what you need. The virtual retreat will include lessons, coaching with me, and even breakout time to work on the assignment. And you can email me your questions as you actually do the work. So obsessive psychoanalyzing yourself or feeling stuck in your love life will all become things of the past after this retreat. And the best part is you don't need to pack a suitcase or buy a plane ticket. You can join from anywhere in the world with an internet connection. The virtual retreat is March 7th to 8th, 2020, and all sessions will be recorded and you get to keep them. So please don't delay in joining us. You can learn more and register over at veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat. And now back to the show. But anyways, my point here and the reason why I brought up this girl and girl drama and just all of this like pettiness, like I don't know if I'd want to be friends with Alea, but I do not understand why everyone is so against her. Like the show is just not doing a good job at explaining that and making that clear. But what I just want to be super clear about is other women are not 
your enemy and they're not your competition. And I get that like, we're not all dating and vying for a rose when we go online or when we go out to meet someone or go to a party or a bar or a meetup or whatever it is. But I think there's this unconscious storyline that really gets perpetuated by the patriarchy. So I think that this whole idea that women are your competition and that, you know, you're always competing with other women for the attention or the love of a man or even this whole idea of someone choosing you when you get married. I think it has really deep patriarchal roots. Um, You know, I'm not an expert in this. Maybe I'll bring someone onto the show to talk a little bit more about this. But my understanding is our ancestors used to live and work more communally. Now, yes, women were very much the caretakers of the house and the children. But my understanding is that they would literally sit in circle and, you know, knead their bread or knit or sew sweaters or socks or whatever. And there was just a lot of gathering of women. And then when the Industrial Revolution started and roles started changing in society, and there was also different ways and new ways of making money, and there was new technology. And with that came a whole new form of advertising various products. It began to pit women against each other. You had to look a certain way. You had to be skinny. You had to do this. You had to do that in order to be more desirable for a man. And that just created this element of competition of being against each other. And so what really bugs me is I think this plays out, even if like, oh, well, you know, I have lots of good girlfriends or whatever, I think it still gets played out overall as a cultural social message. I mean, just look at the whole Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle drama. I think it's true that they're probably not the best of friends. Like they just are two totally different women have had two totally different lives. Meghan was this independent, really successful actress, made a ton of money doing that before she ever joined the royal family. Whereas Kate met William in college, and she just spent her 20s just doing something with her career, with her life until she officially would become a member of the royal family. So it's just a different journey. Not one is better than the other. It's just completely different. So it's not surprising to me that they just may not have that much in common. But the tabloids and the magazines could just not wait to pit them one against each other because God forbid should two strong, powerful women be friends. Like it just doesn't happen or doesn't work or it's impossible or they're in competition with each other because Kate's going to be queen, but Megan likes being the star and like whatever. I mean, I just think it is so much crap. And it's a really big shame to me that The Bachelor is really playing into this storyline really, really strong at this season. Of course, there's always catty drama. Of course, that's going to happen. And that's part of the reason why we all love the show, right? But it just seems to be extra, extra strong this year. And one reason why I bring this up is because women are not your competition. And a lot of times, if you view women as a competition, but then also men are frustrating, or you hate them, or you love hate them, because you want to be in a relationship with them, but you're frustrated because you feel like they're not emotionally available or whatever. It's like if you're pitting yourself against women, and you're pissed off at men, then who's really on your side? Like, who do you have as a support system? And I think this is where women come really important. And I think that so much of my healing over the past few years has really been around healing what's called the sisterhood wound. You know, I think a lot of times bullying and drama and stuff in middle school and high school can happen between girls, girl on girl crime is, you know, what a lot of people phrase it as. And it can really, as an adult, make it so that 
it can be really intimidating to make female friends think that maybe they're just judging you or don't really like you or whatever. And I think this can play out in other areas of our life around, are we good enough? Do people like us? Do people want to be friends with us? All that kind of stuff. And maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience, although I think it's fairly universal based on the discussions I've had with other people. And the truth is, is that I think having other strong female friends can help heal a lot of this like enoughness stuff that I think is fairly universal. I've talked a lot about how I've worked with Nisha Moodley. She was in summer love school and she has been my coach for two years or so. And she does everything in community and group. And at first, I really didn't want to do that. I was like, I just want to work with you, Nisha, like don't want want other people. But actually, dealing with the fear around are the other women going to like me? Are they going to be friends with me? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to gossip about me has really helped me to heal some other deep stuff, some other core wounds. And I think that it's just a missed opportunity when we just see women as the enemy or women as the competition. One thing that's really disappointing is from Colton's season, I know there actually became some really good friendships. Like I know that Hannah and Demi became really good friends. I don't remember all the clicks and who's friends with who's. I can't remember their names really at this point. But I just know that there were some really good friendships that came out of that season. And I certainly hope that there are some friendships that come out of this season as well, because that all matters a lot more than whether or not they end up with Pete, because Pete's going to fall in love with who's going to fall in love with. And it doesn't matter you know, if you have this enemy and you think this other woman in the house is awful, like he's either going to fall in love with you or he's not. It doesn't matter if there's an extra person there. Like it's not really a numbers game in that sense. And I think that is also true for the real world. Like you guys are going to be fit with each other or you're not. And it doesn't matter whether or not there's someone else there because it's going to work with you or it's not or between you or it's not. And I just wish that that could be more of the narrative rather than always having to pit women against each other to keep them weak and keep the power out of their hands. Okay, so the third thing that I want to talk about is, and this is kind of funny, you know, honestly, like, so much of these four episodes has just been stupid, petty drama. And I was like, gosh, like, Bachelor in Paradise, there's so much stuff I could pull out and turn into teachable moments. And I'm just thinking here, there's just like not that much other than like, let's stop the girl on girl drama. But one thing that is kind of creating some of the drama, but also I think is not so bad is the going after what you want. So a lot of the women, especially in the first few episodes, were really bold about stealing our little sweet Pete to grab time with him or whatever. And those are all the women who are getting the first impression roses or getting the group date roses and definitely getting roses during the rose ceremony. And of course, other women who don't have as much assertiveness for whatever reason are getting really pissed off and creating a lot of drama around it. And honestly, I don't really feel I mean, look, I feel a little bad for him because, you know, maybe they don't have the same kind of confidence. Maybe they have just different personality style. So I do feel a little bad because I do often think that people who do really well on The Bachelor and Bachelorette just have certain types of personalities and are more natural in front of the camera, even if it's not really acting. However, I do think there's something to be said about going after what you want. So these women want the rose, they want Sweet Pete's attention. 
They want his love. Maybe they want to be his wife. Maybe they want a bunch of Instagram followers. I don't know. But what I do know is that they're going after what they want. They know how to get his attention and time. They know how to get camera time. So they get more Instagram followers, depending on whatever their goals are. But the point is, is that they're getting it. And the women who are not vying for their time or not being a little assertive, maybe even a little aggressive, they're losing out. And how this plays out in the real world is like, sometimes you just got to ask for what you want. Sometimes you got to really show up and say, Hey, I had a really good time going on this date with you. I would love to see you again. Or hey, I'm not really into texting, but I would love to have a quick phone chat with you just to catch up for the week or whatever. And those are the women who are going to get what they want. And it's not because they're better. It's not because they're prettier or smarter. It's just because they're asking for what they want. And so often I hear from women in my DMs and emails and also on client calls around, well, I just want the man to do the work. I want him to call me. I want him to arrange the date. I want him to do this or that. And I totally get that there is a time and place for you know, especially if that's what you want for the man to kind of woo you for sure. But I also think you have to give him a bone, right? Like, no one is going to go out of their way to ask you out again, or take you on their date or call you or text you if you're not giving them any reason to believe that that text or that call or that date is very much wanted, right? Like, Sweet Pete would never give a rose, especially a first impression or a group date rose to someone that just sat on the sidelines. Because how does he know that she really wants the rose? Or how does he know that she really wants to be there? And the people that are really making an effort to get time with him, they're the ones that are winning because they know, or he knows, I should say, that okay, this person's into me and I like that. And that's what I want. I want someone who's into me, right? Like this is a pretty normal thing for a relationship. So I think we just have to let go of this idea that men are supposed to do all the work because that is just a myth that is perpetuated, honestly, also by the patriarchy. And I write about this in my book that I'm writing that hopefully will be coming out and it's going to get pushed back a little bit just with the move, but hopefully April or May. But anyways, you know, we have like all these ideas in our head, like that we've seen movies or Disney movies, especially, but even like modern day rom-coms or whatever, around the man really wooing the woman and like falling in love. And like, we consciously know, okay, yeah, that's a movie, blah, blah, blah. But then I think what ends up happening is we internalize that. And so there's a deeper part of us that actually believes well, that's how relationships are, at least that's how they should be. And if he's not doing that, that means he's just really not that into you. And the truth is, is that now I think that's changed recently. But generally, movie writers, directors, producers, those have all been men for many, many decades. The writers of all those fairy tales, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, like, men wrote these stories. And so men are writing literally these fairy tales of this male dominance idea in dating. And it's just not based on real life. It's based on some men's fantasy that just got passed down through the generations. I was listening to an interview by Reese Witherspoon. I think she was being interviewed by Oprah. Maybe she was interviewing Oprah on her little show thing that she has. I can't remember where I heard it. Anyways, I mean, she was just talking about how much acting has changed even in her own career span when she was much younger and was doing some of those, her earlier movies, she was basically sitting with a boardroom of men telling her how she was supposed to act and be pretty and be desirable, not only to the male 
protagonist character, but also to the audience. And they they were very much portraying a certain image of the male-female dynamic and romantic situations. And now I think that's beginning to change in a lot of her movies because I think the culture is changing. But we have to remember that we're basing the thing that we think should happen that's not really based on any kind of reality. Like, it's not like romance has died or anything. It's just that it was never the way we think it is in our head. And so if you want someone, if you want to go on a date with someone, if you think someone's cute, freaking ask them, like tell them. <laughs> I always tell people, I asked Stevie out on our first date. I thought he was cute and I really liked him and I didn't want to miss out. And so I freaking asked him out. And that doesn't mean there hasn't been romance and fun and passion, even when we were dating and, and now like, I got what I wanted. I got Stevie. And then eventually, you know, we ended up getting married, like he ended up being the one for me. But obviously, I didn't know that at the time, but I knew I had these really strong feelings. And I really liked what I knew so far. And I wanted to go on a freaking date with him. And so I freaking asked him. Okay, so I'm going to get off my soapbox. Those are my three key lessons from the past four episodes of The Bachelor. So one, keeping in mind that having happily ever after parents does not make you any better or worse off for love as an adult. Number two, women are not your enemy. And I think actually relationships with women can really help you to empower yourself and heal core wounds. And number three, go after what you freaking want. Okay. So like what we did over the summer with Bachelor in Paradise, I'm going to hand out a few patriarchy roses. And you probably already know where most of these roses are going. The first thing that I'm going to give a patriarchy rose is not to Madison, Actually, is her name Madison? I can't remember. I don't know. But you might remember in one of the intro packages in the very first episode, there was a woman who, I mean, they're all beautiful. She was beautiful. And she was talking about how she was in a beauty pageant and people were talking kind of crap about her body. And that really got to her. And so she said she quote unquote, lost herself and gained 80 pounds. And then I forget what the quote she said after that, but basically she kind of got herself together, pulled herself together and lost the weight. And now look at her. And I don't really give the patriarchy rose to her because that is just extreme cultural conditioning. I can't even imagine what it'd be like in a beauty pageant world. I'm sure it'd be like 10 times worse than just the regular world and pressure of what women are supposed to look like. But I'm going to give a patriarchy rose to the producing and editing there because I think it's a great story to share with the bachelor world, especially because there is no body diversity in the bachelor world at all. And I think that if someone has a weight loss story, you know, I don't think that's like inherently like bad or shallow or whatever. But the way that it was portrayed was very much like I lost myself. So I got fat and then I found myself again and I got skinny again. And you can be what society or yourself might call fat or overweight and also be really happy and be really in tune with yourself and your body. And you can also not feel really healthy and decide you want to get healthy and find the place where happy meets healthy and lose whatever weight that ends up being, whether it's 80 pounds or 10 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever. And it'd be a really healthy weight loss. And it really is a journey of releasing the weight both externally, but also internally rather than see, look at me, I lost all this weight now. And so now I'm ready for love or now I'm worthy of love. I just thought it was a gross kind of story the way they twisted it. And I'm not a fan. So I'm going to give the patriarchy rose to just the franchise in general, maybe the editors and producers there. 
The next patriarchy rose is going to everyone who was involved with the pillow fight. I mean, look, the women had to do what they had to do. They wanted to win. I get that. But I thought the way Sweet Pete was talking about the pillow fight was gross. I thought the way Demi was talking about the pillow fight was gross. I'm not into the producers letting it happen. You know, this whole idea of it just perpetuates the stereotype of like, oh, when women get together and have sleepovers, they just have pillow fights in their underwear. And it's just very much like objectifying women, especially with their bodies. And I just thought it was really uncomfortable. It was just really gross. And I think it was also just the producers stirring the pot with the drama that was already there. And I just wasn't a fan. And then there's been just so much girl on girl crime, like girls just, well, women, the phrase is girl on girl crime. I prefer to call women women who are over 18. I hate how people call them girls on The Bachelor. It drives me crazy, but whatever. That's a whole other patriarchy rose in itself. But the girl and girl crime, I just think the whole thing is gross. You know, Sydney, I think, is actually quite the shitster. I think that's the phrase everyone is using. I might be saying that wrong. I think she tried to portray herself as Alea being really fake and putting on a show. And I think there's probably some truth to that for sure. But Sydney somehow has gotten herself completely out of this drama. And she's the one who started it. And according to the previews from next week, it sounds like she's now starting some drama and creating some other issue with other people. So I think, I don't know, I'm not a fan. And so I'm going to go ahead and give her a patriarchy rose. I'm going to give Alea a patriarchy rose, you know, just because I think that it wasn't a good move to come back and just start gossiping about Victoria F. I do think that she, I mean, sure, I think she feels a little fake to me. I don't really understand why all the other women in the house hate her the way they do. But I do agree with them that there's something a little off. However, I guess you could say maybe there's something a little off with all the women. So I don't know, maybe she doesn't get a patriarchy rose. But certainly Sydney, definitely Victoria P. I don't know what is going on with her. I really believed her when she told the story to Sweet Pete last week about how she didn't really know Alea and how Alea made her promise to not tell anyone that they knew each other. And I think it's becoming super, super clear that that was just a straight up lie. I don't know why she lied. There was no incentive to lie. And now she's like throwing Alea under the bus. And I think it was really gross when she like wiped a tear away from Alea. And then she's pulling this whole there's just so much more between us, Peter, so much more that you don't know about me, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, homegirl, you lied, like, and you're throwing another woman under the bus. Like, no, gross, 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 gross. Another patriarchy rose, the whole champagne gate, Kelsey, Hannah Ann, I know I haven't gotten too much into that. It was so funny and ridiculous. And I think Kelsey honestly just got really drunk that night. And acted the way she did because on her one-on-one date in the fourth episode. And I think really any other time that I've seen her, she actually seems really great. Like, honestly, I feel like I'd be friends with her. She seems really cool. But I did not like how she just immediately went to go blame another woman on the whole champagne thing when obviously it was a producer thing. And I just feel like at this point, like, contestants should know this, like things that just happen like that, where Hannah Ann opens up a bottle of champagne that Kelsey wanted to have with Peter. Of course, the producers were going to screw that up. Of course they were. And so then just having to throw someone else under the bus again, not cute, not cool. And then finally, Hannah Ann, I'm going to go ahead and give her also a patriarchy rose because one thing that really bothered me about her is, yeah, I will say Kelsey did not say some nice things to her during their confrontation about Champagne Gate. 
but I did not like how she just threw around the term bully. She was not bullied. And I think sometimes there can be a little bit, I mean, there seemed to me to be some privilege, specifically white privilege in her reaction to that interaction. Just because someone says something mean to you, just because someone, you know, it's very obvious to me where Hannah Ann comes from. She's a big fish in a little pond and she's loved and adored. All the guys want to date her. All the women want to be friends with her, blah, 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 blah. And so now someone doesn't like her and maybe is a little mean to her and all of a sudden, oh, I'm being bullied. Like, it's just very white privilege to me and it's not cool. So she's getting a patriarchy rose. And then I'm just going to go ahead and give a patriarchy rose to our dear sweet Pete because just the pillow fight, man, it just was not a good look, Peter. I don't know why. I don't know how much choice he has in picking these dates. I know, especially the early dates, maybe not as much, but I don't know. I was just like, why are you falling into the whole objectifying women and pillow fights when they get together? I don't know. I just don't like it. That episode in general, I didn't even talk about the modeling. Honestly, God, that was also pretty awful. I won't get into that. This episode's getting long enough and you probably know what I would say about that anyways. So that is my recap of the first four episodes of Bachelor. Will I do more recaps this season? I don't know. It kind of just depends if I feel like I have something to say and also if I have some space in my editorial calendar. If you are interested in more recaps, definitely let me know because that might persuade me to move in uh, one direction. So let me know how you like this coming over to Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant, and we will be back next week with a regular scheduled podcast. And I've got a great, great podcast coaching episode for you. So I can't wait for you to listen in. All right, until then, talk soon. Before we close out today's episode, I wanted to remind you about my upcoming virtual retreat, Shift Your Dating Patterns in a Weekend. By the end of the retreat, you'll have a deep understanding of your dating patterns and love blocks, and most important, you'll know how to shift them so you can actually see real change in your love life. No more psychoanalyzing yourself and no plane ticket required, and massive transformation is guaranteed. To learn more and register, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.